Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome everyone to Run Girl Radio. I'm Holly Dickinson, founder of Excel Strength and Conditioning, where we coach and empower female runners just like you across the world, making you faster, more knowledgeable, and set for a lifetime of injury-free running. Each week, I will be bringing you impactful information, creative solutions, and juicy running tips to get you one stride closer to your highest running self. Knowing that when curious and strong women are equipped with on-topic information and innovative solutions, there is no stopping us. Consider me your personal running coach in your back pocket. So join me and get ready to bust down some barriers, laugh at some running real talk, and get excited and energized as we have some fun finding our way together through this wonderful world of running. Okay, okay, you guys, I am so excited to dive into today's topic and get on the lowdown of what you need to know. Um, but I wanted to take a moment and pause and say thank you. Thank you for following along with this journey. Um, it started off as something that allowed me to share as much as I could information, education with everyone and anyone, um, regardless of them paying or not. Um, the more you invest into this podcast, the more you end up learning, the more you can implement and change in your running life. And that is what I love so much about this. And that's really all I wanted from this. But I have an awesome podcast team that are also helping me monetize this podcast. And they are finding me some sweet deals and linking us with some awesome podcasts that's just getting more listenership. Um, and even some advertisements. You've heard some of my host read ads, I'm sure, recently. Thank you for being patient and listening through them because that's the kind of the only way I get paid through providing this free information for everyone. So for that, thank you. Thank you for persisting and listening and following and subscribing and sharing with your communities because that's what allows us to create more free content like this and actually have it become a, a small revenue stream on the side. So super grateful, super thankful. Let's dive in. Now, if you've been following along on Instagram, you know that last year I got a puppy with my partner and he has been the light of our lives. He has been so much fun and brought so much joy. And the fact that I work from home has really enabled me to do a lot of training with him, take him to some clients, um, have him work along with me and just be at home and available for him as he grows and develops. And someone the other day was like, man, I really want to learn how to treat my dog and train my dog so that I can run with him and so that I can feel confident running with him because I've shared a few posts now where he's come on, come on some short jogs with me and we've just been playing um, and I've done a bit of digging and research and I wanted to share some of the biggest things with you so that you feel like you have what you need to start running with your dog or even just analyze it to make sure it's a good running relationship with the dog that you have or a friend's dog that you want to run with um, and start from the ground up with some kind of outsider perspective that will help you and guide you to being a really healthy dog parent <laughs> um, with regards to running with your dog. 
So we're going to break it down today to be kind of in a chunk of bunch of points with what's appropriate, um, training during your running, and designing your run, um, and a couple tools at the end that will also help with your toolkit so that you are successful, because that's all that we want. We want the relationship that we have with our dog to be successful, to be safe, and to be fun for all of us. So let's dab on in. What is appropriate? Um, and when I say that, I mean, we all know rights and wrongs, but um, there, there are a few other considerations to think about if you're thinking about you and your dog or a dog that you'd like to run with. Um, so first off, it's the age of your dog. Now, with puppies, they generally tell you to wait until the dog is a year and a half old, 18 months, um, and then it's suited to start running. And the starting of the running is to be slow and to be gradual. And my dog's just turned one. Um, and we definitely asked our vet a lot of questions. Again, I would say the same to you. Make sure you do a little bit of questioning and asking from multiple sources, um, other people that have a similar breed to your dog as well. Um, but common conditions that your breed has are another big thing to look at. Um, this is very common for um, certain injuries that they're prone to. Um, if they have, you know, um, brachycephalic, like the short, brachy means short, cephalic means head. Um, if your dog has a short head, like an English bulldog, French bulldog, pug, and a Boston Terrier, usually those breeds are not recommended to go for long runs um, or to be running for a long period of time. Um, again, because they, they just have respiratory challenges and problems. Um, other dogs may have hip problems. So again, doing a high volume of running may not be appropriate. But maybe that means, hey, you take them on your short recovery runs and that looks completely different. Maybe that's once every other week you're running with them. So there are considerations. There's a lot of flexibility and creativity, too, that you can um, bring into all of this. If you are a long distance runner and you really want to run with your dog, but your dog can't do long distances or every once in a while they can go for a run, bring them on just the warm up portion, the very slow jog to the beginning of your long run. Um, or like I said, kind of your shakeout run, if it's a day before the race or a day before your a long run or on the same day, usually shakeout runs can be before and prior to a race. They're usually short. They're like 15 minutes. Um, again, they're fun. There's no expectation to doing those runs too regarding your speed, etc. So that's a really great time um, to bring in kind of an appropriate run for your dog. Um, definitely thinking about the age um, challenge because that is a lot of challenge for people when they get a puppy is they, they just want to do everything right away. I know I was that um, and still am with some things. T things take time. But also, um, it's really important for your dog to have full development and full growth in their end plates, which are basically the ends of the bone, are still growing and developing outwards. It's, it's the same with humans, right? When we are um, going through growth spurts as young teens, um, our end plates are still growing. And only once they are fully formed is that when we become a, that's when we become avascular or no um, blood supply happens to those parts and those joints and um, we're fu fully fu done developing sorry um, in those areas so like our shoulders um, think of any joint in our hips knees ankles all of those when we are developing have direct blood supply there's a lot of um, development that's happening there we don't want to be pounding that repetitively in the way that running is okay we really want to be listening to our body 
Um, and for your dog, you're obviously their advocate in everything that they do. Um, and playing and running, they might look like they have a lot of energy and they do, but that should be for a play and that should be for the park and um, not long continuous runs on certain surfaces. And we'll, we'll go into that in a bit more detail too. Beautiful. Does that make sense as to kind of what's appropriate and just making sure that that's kind of the important bracket is age and also considering what kind of breed you have um, or challenges your dog does have that will either omit you into this or out of this. Cool. Now let's think about training in the run, I like to call it, or during the run or over time regarding running. Um, The biggest one is safety and is thinking about um, how trained up your dog is when you're walking, right? We all start walking and then we start running. Same deal goes for dogs, um, especially because they're on a leash and that we want to make sure that they're safe and also that we're safe too, right? Want to make sure that the dog's not going to trip you up um, or you're going to be somewhere remote where you're both going to be injured. Um, So really thinking about training a dog, your dog, to be loose leash trained well whilst walking first making sure that they can stay by your heel side and not be swerving and darting in front of you um, when you are doing your walks. And then that can progress to slow jogs um, in the in the future or when you're trying running with your dog. So really making sure that you are not going to be endangering your dog or endangering yourself um, with regards to leash safety. Okay. Good. Now, something else, then this can be practiced again with um, leash walking first before you start running is speed cues. So speed cues to start going a little faster. And this can be when you start breaking into a light jog, training the dog that you are going to go faster and communicating that to them in a verbal cue by saying, okay, let's go or let's run um, and having something that you can cue when you are starting to increase your pace. Same goes for when you're slowing down. Um, Whoa, whoa is a big one. And if we're thinking of huskies, um, definitely one that is very well used with huskies, um, but also used with horses too. So definitely thinking about your cues and picking certain special words that you can start training when you're walking and then when you're practicing small jogs. Now, it's actually pretty cool because um, we have a run club locally in town, Fernwood Social Run Club, and they have lots of doggos come out now, which is so awesome to see, Um, and all are pretty great with running, And, and one of the dogs, he is actually, his name's Clyde, he is retired, is a retired Um, sled dog and it's brilliant there's actually a page of sled dogs and you know adoption for sled dogs that are done their work um, in the interior part of Canada and people adopt them so he was automatically like the perfect running dog um, for my friend at the run club and it's so wicked to see him just thriving and running just as much as his owner his owner loves to run and does so many runs so super super neat to see Um, Anyway, that's a little side piece of information um, back into it. So um, what else do we need to run when training in the run? Um, Thinking about signs, and this is more training for you as the human. We need to know signs of when our dog is tired, okay? Um, And again, we'll we'll kind of go into what I recommend for starting up um, running with your dog as to like intervals and stuff like that. But 
I want you to think of these few things and have them in the back of your head and start to identify them with how you notice it come across with your dog. Um, the first one is excessive panting. Um, now, that could look obvious. It also could not be obvious. Um, some of these could be paired together. Some of them could be separate. So definitely being checking in a lot with your dog as you're going through your run to make sure that you know that they're okay um, and remember, reminding yourself that actually dogs want to please you and they might not stop. They might just want to continue because you are running. They won't be the ones, um, some of our dogs have attitude and they will plant themselves and they will sit down and they will not move. Um, but oftentimes, especially the working dogs, they want to do you the best job that they can. So they will continue going and it's, it's our job to make sure they're safe. And um, when enough is enough, we stop. Um, another really big one is lagging behind. So if they go further behind you than what your heel um, is, where their head is kind of right by your shin, if they start lagging further back than that, again, good reminder to take a check-in, to stop, um, or let them pee, etc. Now, that being considered, really important to think about their um, their demands on their body. Now, yes, we talked about joints and waiting until they're old enough, but also thinking about them just in general. If you have a longer haired dog, um, for example, with Rue, he's an Australian Shepherd, so he has a long coat, he's a winter coat, and he's a summer coat, but um, he's got a fur jacket on, <laughs> right? And the only way that dogs kind of regulate their heat control um, um, and they overheat quickly, you guys. They, they really overheat quicker than we do. Um, is their paws and their mouth, our control, our temperature controls. And I've heard from someone that the tongue should kind of be in rhythm when they're running. And that's kind of a, a happy, healthy dog. They're not overheated. But when the tongue starts to get really sloppy and out of rhythm, something's going on. It needs, we need to stop. We need to slow down. Okay. Um, yeah. Lovely. Okay, I hope these are all making sense and they're kind of relatable and, and fun ones for you to think about and have in your toolbox. Good. Okay, so something else that I really want you guys to think about is um, creating some hype around your running. This will be another great tool to discover over time if your dog actually really does enjoy this activity with you um, versus maybe they're not as emotive to it and maybe this can be a bit of feedback for you too. Um, a lot of individuals will have something run specific for their dog to wear, whether it be a harness or um, some sort of kit that is only for when they go on a run with them. Other people, um, they ha their dogs recognize when they put on their specific runners. <laughs> they know they're going for a run and they get so excited. So again, this can be another piece of feedback for you that if you're training the run nicely and if the dog is really responsive to the run and really does enjoy it with you, then they will react well to that specific thing that they have to wear when they're running. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we've gone through what's appropriate for your dog training the run or certain things you need to train for yourself and regarding the dog. Um, and now let's go into kind of designing the run and what that should look like. So regardless, if we as humans need to warm up, and again, sometimes we ignore these rules for ourselves, but I'm reminding you so that A, you can start warming up, but also your dog should warm up too. <laughs> Whether that's with a 
you know, starting with a power walk and then slowly rolling into a jog or making sure that we have a slow start to that run and we're not picking really hilly start. Um, that's going to be really valuable for your doggo as well so that they can slowly warm up their cardiovascular system and won't be pulling anything, especially if they are an older dog. So make sure you are including a warm up. Um, keep it fun and short, okay? Especially if your dog is young, keep it kind of interval based. Um, the runs that you're picking should be not your PB runs. They shouldn't be specifically ones that you're like, I'm going to get my fastest 5k time today. Or you know what? We're going to do this in less than 20 minutes. This this is where all of that goes out the window. This is a two-way street, you guys. We are performing these for ourselves, but also for our dog. So maybe pick um, one of the runs a week where you are not going flat out and you have the breaks and the timeouts and those moments to kind of fall back and know that, hey, it's both of you here that are doing this work. So keep it fun, short stints. Um, I like to kind of go 100 meters or so and then stop for um, to let my dog sniff about. So that's kind of like a sniffy break um, and kind of just have a visual check in on him too because he is he's still young. Um, so I'm not going out for very long runs with him. But yeah, keep it short, keep it spunky. Um, if it's hot or if it's um, the weather is a bit more of a challenge and something for you to think about, pick the right time of day too, okay? Um, or do your dog a favor and leave it at home. <laughs> we can overheat and we can make those decisions for ourselves, but impress impressioning that onto our dog, not healthy, you guys. So make sure that we're, we're sticking to really shaded spots in the summer, even if it's not peak of day yet making sure that our morning runs are going to be somewhere that's shaded because in some parts of the world it's still really hot in the morning and again they got a fur jacket on so pick those shaded spots um pick those areas where water is around it generally is cooler especially in the summer if we're around water um and yeah even maybe finish at a spot where they can have a swim um and picking a day where you can finish in the ocean if you're close to close by to the ocean um, but that would be a huge, huge benefit to you is sticking in the shade, sticking in um, amongst the trees. If you do have like foresty or wooded areas, um, will really help your pupper out, um, with those longer runs. Another great one is fountains, water fountains. We have water for ourselves if we are doing a longer run, but for doggos, it can be great to have a physical spot that you stop at kind of pairing it up with those intervals um, where they get to have that chance to visit the water fountain. I know here in Victoria, BC, we have so many water fountains around um, and there are certain routes that I really like to target even just for dog walks in the summertime because we can stop at the water fountain and there's actually a little basin at the bottom that the runoff from my water goes into his little bowl and it's kind of a double whammy situation. Um, so that's a really nice spot. Um, to pick for my thoughts on going for a run with Rue and um, it just kind of breaks up the run again so that you are forcing yourself to think about him and have those little mini intervals. Um, thinking about poop breaks. <laughs> um, if it doesn't happen during your warm-up walk then making sure that those intervals that you are doing with your dog they have the time to to sniff, pee, poop and do all their ablutions as we call it, right? Um, perfect. So with all of that in consideration, this is where I want to talk about exactly how you'd phase into the running. So when we are thinking about interval runs, we can think about a few different things. 
they can be visual based. So they can be to a specific landmark you are jogging to. Again, practicing our best practice with the loose leash, um, seeing how our dog is doing with the with running. Um, sometimes dogs can get really overexcited and they can start kind of jumping up or running too fast and kind of bolting ahead of us. Um, rolling into that slow jog and just kind of getting a, a little bit of feedback as to how your dog's doing on loose leash that day um, is great. Another great thing to think about is kind of the environments that you're putting yourself in. Um, or where you're running by. <laughs> now I can think of a couple spots in town that I try and avoid um, because we're working on kind of some fear-based reactivity with Rufus and we just noticed that he's actually quite nervous around other dogs. He needs to feel um, protected by us, that the situation won't transpire in a certain way. Um, so we are kind of making sure that we're not putting him in a position where he is fearful right now and we're training kind of that slowly into him um that he can trust us he can trust the situation and he has lots of positive outcomes from this and kind of be a very neutral dog in the environments that we are in all the time so dog neutrality is huge and i would definitely suggest kind of taking a look at that too um if you haven't with any training on youtube um there is a fantastic one um called hamilton Hamilton dog training. Um, he's fantastic and he talks so much in depth about the why behind everything that it, it really is quite impactful, the information that he's sharing um, from a very broad um, perspective on so many topics and just dog psychology. It's brilliant. But anyway, back it up. <laughs> Basically, I, I want for you to pick great positive scenarios and areas where if you have dogs that love to run through the dog park and go after other dogs and play and they're kind of at that age where they just want to be around other dogs and you're going to be running by really busy spots with lots of dogs say dog parks um or off-leash areas then maybe staying clear of those areas so that it is something that you and your dog can enjoy and that you know that you're building the success rate of this loose leash running with them versus having to do lots of corrections um, whilst you're on your run. So definitely thinking about that as you go and as you plan your routes um, and your destinations. Um, a lot of people do do off-leash um, dog running as well or walking as well. Um, but again, that's based on you, your own dog's um, reactivity levels, also the other humans around and their dogs because not every dog is trained as we would train them. So just remembering that um, you want to protect your dog and have the best safety that you can on all fronts. And um, maybe off-leash isn't the best option for you or the safest in your city or your town um, or at a new location too, right? Because we can be traveling and having some fun runs in different parts of the world with our doggos. Beautiful. So with all of that kind of accounted for. I have a couple more suggestions that have been um, kind of great feedback from other people that I know that have dogs and run with them um, that might help you out too. Um, so one big tool is if we are running in certain areas um, with a lot of pavement and a lot of asphalt, a lot of hot surfaces, again, like I was talking to the, the control of the heat control um, with dogs that is their paws in their mouth if their paws are hot and we're running on hot concrete um for most of the end of spring summer and even in some of the fall too it can be quite hot 
um, making sure that we are protecting their paws. Now, there's lots of different types of um, paw creams and kind of not waxes, but basically um, you can administer to it to the paw and it creates an extra buffer, an extra protection layer from A, the, the roughness of what this man-made material that we've poured all over half of our planet no not half our planet but basically what we run on as humans but we've got shoes on it's kind of a protective barrier for our dog too um so that can be something to really consider if you um don't um have that option and it is warm out really thinking again about where you're choosing to go if you're able to run through neighborhoods and you're able to run on kind of the edge of the grass um, you're on the concrete and your dog is on the grassy part of people's kind of the edge of their lawns sort of deal um, or you're able to run around the edge of a park um, or even in trails that are covered that would be a fantastic option for you when the heat does come um, another one too is bungee leashes I know that they are huge in the running community um, and there's a lot less you know it's 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 like you would be correcting them if your leash is quite taut and you have lots of pressure there between you and your dog. Um, having that extra bounce or extra relief is really great with regards to bungee leashes. So if you haven't checked out those out, go and take a look. They're a great tool. Um, and regardless, you guys, making sure that what you are doing with your dog is appropriate, like we talked about, training the dog on the walks, for before you start the running, making sure you know exactly the signs that are happening regarding your dog um, and how you are picking your roots is going to be the biggest and most, again, this is all going to be so rewarding for you as a dog parent <laughs> and a dog owner. Um, it's it's going to be so rewarding for you to be able to enjoy an activity and know that it is joyful for your animal as well to be with you. Um, if it is a good choice for your dog to be running with you based on their breed etc like we had mentioned but enjoy it and I want to know your puppers because dogs are awesome and they bring light and joy and so much fun to our lives that why not instill that into our running so follow us on instagram at excel strength conditioning and shoot me a dm of you and your doggo running um if you have any other tools or great tidbits as to what helped you when you started running with your dog i would love to know them because we are in our early days and we are just bringing in as much of the research into this um regarding you know articles that we've read posts that we've had sent our way and and a few stats on kind of the education behind you know our canine friends and how they should be treated and what we should be aware of so i hope you have an awesome awesome rest of your week you guys um i can't wait to meet you if you're new to the episode new to the podcast welcome 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 we love having you here and until next time have some awesome runs lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details